today on the Chat and Chew Show. After that, we were engaged a year after. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so you met at a conference. You went on a date at the conference. Just yeah. say three weeks later, you said I love you. Yeah. It was so Bobby, good. wait a minute, brother. Yeah, it was, it was, that's not my style. It's the last week in February, and we're still chatting about love. We're talking dating stories, finding and keeping the one, and what makes someone right for you. Well, today you are in for a treat. In this episode of the Chat and Chew Show, we sit down once again with life and business coach, speaker, and trainer, Daphne Valsin. And we are joined by her husband, Bobby Valsin, who specializes in real estate and financial literacy, leading his family in paying off over $15,000 in student loan debt within nine months. They'll share with us how they met while traveling and managed a long-distance relationship, as well as how they keep the flame burning in their now six-year marriage. We'll also find out what changed when they had their two beautiful daughters. We enjoyed every minute of this very candid and enlightening conversation. Get ready, Chat Tribe, for this episode on Loving for Keeps. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Chat and Two Show. My name is Betty. And I'm Roxanne. And we are super thrilled. Like we said, I got to get another word. <laughs> and you have joined us. I, I say this uh, a lot that there are millions, literally, of YouTube shows out there, and that you clicked on the Chat and Two Show. We cannot be more excited. Uh, today is going to be a really, really good show. Um, so please, please, please hang on. Uh, but this show is designed to empower you to do your relationships better. And if you think about this, all of us are in a relationship. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do in life, where you go, you're going to encounter another human being, hopefully. And uh, we want you to do that relationship really, really well. And so uh, this show was put together uh, so that we can give you some tips and tricks and tools and even things to think about to help your relationships uh, be better. This month, we've been talking about the love month <laughs> uh, because it's February um, while we're recording this. So this month, we've been interviewing couples and just hearing their story, their love stories, and we've been getting some really good advice on how to make love last. And so today is no exception. So hang on. Today's show is going to be fantastic. So welcome back. As Betty mentioned, we have a great show for you today. We are here with Daphne and Bobby. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Been a good day so far. Nice. So Daphne was with us before and she was awesome as we were talking about before the show started. And um, so, you know, Bobby, you have to come with your A game today. <laughs> See what I can do. <laughs> so let's jump, um, jump right in. How did you all meet? Who made the first move? Well, my wife tells the story best usually. But uh, I, can, I can add little comments in here and there. 
Sure. So we were at a we were at a training for uh, an organization, and I'll take it. I'm gonna take it two weeks back, no, three weeks before that, and say I was at a weekend workshop where I was facilitating. I was facilitating at this workshop, and someone on my team said, "I just want to tell you that the man that you've been praying to God for is on the way." I think she said your husband is on the way. And I was like, okay, thank you so much. Cause I didn't know what she was talking about. And I wasn't praying for a husband, but at least not that I know of. <laughs> but uh, three weeks later, I met Bobby uh, at a training. And I was at a point in my life where I was not, I was um, on like a, a break from dating because it just took too much work. So um, I, <laughs> I, at the training, saw Bobby and Bobby was on the stage and I knew that he was doing work in Florida. Uh, that's where I was from. I was living in Virginia and he was doing really good work with youth. So I decided, well, something told me to go up to him after he was on this panel talking about the work that he did with at-risk youth and to just let him know that he was doing a good job. And again, I was on break from dating. So I wasn't thinking like, oh my gosh, he's also a guy and you never know. And I, I was just like, I need to go and tell him that he's doing good work. So I went up to him and I was like, hey, and basically told him that he was doing really good work. Um, and he said that something at that moment told him to pursue me, uh, which I didn't know. I didn't have knowledge of that at the time. <laughs> and basically throughout the conference, I was like, does he think I'm cool or does he like me? Because he kept being where I was at the conference that had 600 people, he would be in my workshops. And one day when we were all going out on the town, he came up to my group and was like, hey, you know, my group's not going. Is it okay if I go with you? And my new boss and my new colleagues, okay, if I go with you guys out on the town? And it basically ended up being like a date because my boss was talking to my new coworker and Bobby and I were talking and we did dinner and we walked on the town, all this kind of stuff. Three weeks later, we were dating. Um, after we talked every day for hours and hours and hours, we exchanged information, we were Skyping. Three weeks later, we were dating and we said, I love you. Four months after that, we were engaged. A year Wait a after. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So you met at a conference. <laughs> you went on a date at the conference. Kind of. Just yeah. say three weeks later, you said, I love you. Yeah, it was so Bobby. Good. Wait a minute, brother. Yeah, it was, it was, that's not my style usually. So, so what were know. you thinking? I mean, when she came up to you. So, when she came up to me and said what she said, um, I just thought it was really great that she said that. And then, I, I don't know, you know, I just like she said, you know, I felt compelled to start pursuing her. You know, I, I at that point, I never felt that way before. You know, about anybody really. Um, and it was just a new experience for me. So I did follow her, you know, it was bordering on stalking. It was bordering <laughs> on that. So I kind of made myself around, you know, put myself around her as much as I could. Um, and I actually wanted to ask her to marry me after like two weeks, but I didn't want really? to, scare, I didn't want to scare her. Though. Wow. I thought I would scare her away if I did that. So I waited. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just. You know, I can't, I can't, it's hard to explain. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's, you know, it's kind of, 
kind of sounds very like love story romantic-ish, but I, I, it doesn't always work out. Um, yeah. People don't always get married following that same line, but that's how it was with us. It, this, when you were telling your story, part of the story, it always makes me think of ladies who are in a relationship with a guy and they're always wondering, does he love me? Does he want me? And that, and I, I am a firm believer because I've been hearing this a lot. When a guy likes you, loves you, you don't have to guess. They make it known. It's like, it's not this, like, I don't know where we at, you know, kind of thing. So anyway, I, I just thought that was interesting. So you, you said, I love you. So what happened after that? Then, so um, it was, so it was um, four months after we met that we were engaged, still long distance now, because we, we both flew to Dallas, Texas for this training. I from Virginia, he from Florida. And then we flew back to where um, it is that we live. Three weeks after that, I just happened to be in Georgia for a wedding. And then Bobby had a property, a real estate property in Georgia. So that's how we were able to meet and tell each other that we loved each other and start dating officially. Then we went back. So we wow. were dating long distance. He proposed to me four months after we met. A year after we met, we were married. So, and we saw each other once a month. Sometimes we didn't, I think, even see each other for that month in person. Uh, so I moved to my, I'm sorry, not to my, to um, Lake Worth, Florida, just, I think it was two weeks before I got married and I lived with somebody from the church, um, <laughs> from Bobby's church. Mm -hmm. And then the first time we, we lived together was after our honeymoon. <laughs> wow. That's the first time we were officially like together all the time. And then we've been getting to know each other ever since. And that was uh, six and a half years ago, basically. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So I have to ask, because I feel like people, especially dating, it's all these trust issues of, well, if he's far away, I don't know what he's doing down there and all that kind of stuff. So how did you, for both of you, honestly, because I, I can't say that men don't, don't think of that either. How did you build that trust for each other with that distance in between you? Yeah, I, I think trust is something, you know, it doesn't happen immediately, you know, that kind of grows over time. And, you know, truth be told, you know, when you have the, the love bug and all that, you don't think about that as much, at least I, don't, I did it anyway, you know, it's just like one of those things like you're just in love and, you know, all of that gushy stuff. <laughs> but I would say over time, that's something that develops um, and it plays a role in really just all aspects of your marriage. You know, like when we first got married, I struggled with uh, jealousy issues, right, for example, and I would, you know, get jealous about little like really dumb things. Um, and, you know, that is a matter of trust. It wasn't that it wasn't that Daphne did anything that would make that would make me not trust her. It was just a personal issue I was dealing with. But that trust that I had for her over time eliminated that issue. So the jealousy, um, you know, went away, you know, after a period of time. So uh, that's what I would say as far as that goes. Hmm. And I would say that the way that, um, that, that jealousy looked when we first got married was like, it might've just been like a little look or like a, why didn't you call me when you were at the party? And I was like, cool, because I, I didn't know I was supposed to call you. Because, you know, we just got married and I didn't know, I didn't know that kind of stuff. 
So <laughs> I was like that. So I didn't even know it was like a big jealousy because I've seen like big aggressive jealousy in the past um, on dating. But I think that, um, yeah, so that definitely developed. And I would say on my end, so a week into us knowing each other before we even started dating, Bobby was like, can we do Bible study together um, in the mornings? <laughs> so we were doing Bible study together. And, and then I think the next day it was like, can we also read devotionals? So we were reading devotionals and doing Bible study. And then the first time we talked on the phone and the first, I would say the majority, much of the time we were, we were dating, we used to talk for four or five hours. So I think until we, except we were saying like, we can't get, we can't get anything done. So we need to, we need to not do that. But that's why I was an old guy. But um, what happens during that time, when you get to talk to someone so much and you're long distance, that's all you could do is talk. Then you get to know someone, in my opinion, more deeply and quicker, depending on what you're talking about. And we were talking about a lot of like substantive things. So really, I think two or three months into knowing Bobby, I was telling him things I hadn't told anybody. And I was like, look, I don't know what our relationship is supposed to be in the future. But what I do know is that I have so much trust for you. Mm. I feel like I can really trust you so much. Um, and so I felt like I could tell him about a lot of things about myself that I hadn't shared with anybody else up until that point. So it was really, in a really interesting way, I feel like I, we built trust real, really quickly. Okay. Um, but I think it's because we talked so much and it seemed so natural to share with each other that way. Now, just looking at you two, it's, Daphne, you are a talker. <laughs> Bobby, you don't seem like a, such a talker or maybe just on the show. So I'm just trying to figure out the whole communication. How does that work then if talking is, is super important? Yeah, so <laughs> again, that was a development over time in our marriage. You know, we, when, we, when we first got married, we would be eating together. And, you know, Daphne would ask me a question and I would give like a, one word answer and I would just I just kind of was comfortable doing that it took some time for me to actually it was, it was a lot of work you know because I just wasn't used to um having those types of kind of lengthier conversations which mm -hmm. is you know kind of weird but I, I do I am I, I do um communicate I, I can be a little bit succinct I guess sometimes with my communication um but um I have become I have I do talk a lot more now um, okay so, it, that has that has been a big um, area of growth for me in, okay. in a marriage. Um, but yeah, I can I can hold my own with Daphne too sometimes to talk. <laughs> we'll let my uh, my silence be. And an interesting point that I laughed about a lot our first year of marriage, which I call our freshman year of marriage. Our freshman year, uh, a lot of people at church would be like, well, "Bobby's so quiet and, and you're so you know energized." Bobby is actually extroverted. And I am introverted. Mm -hmm. I, when I see people at the store that I know, I be like, Bobby, I know that person. Let me try to go the other way. <laughs> I'm like, Why don't you just say hi? And I'm like, I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> I'm just so, and you would never know because I have Facebook lives. I'm a speaker. I'm a, I do all these things. Yeah. But I actually like to just read a book. Yeah. I like coloring now, adult books. I like just spending time and just thinking and. Yeah. I was going to go hiking in Georgia that, by myself, and I was excited about that. But Bobby, actually, especially our freshman year, 
super playful, always joking, always playing, always trying to make me laugh. And you could see like me doing it now, but he likes on his birthday to be surrounded by people that he really wow. cares about. He actually likes, likes um, interacting with people. Mm-hmm. And if he's talking about something he's passionate about, he can, you know, like really be talking a lot about it. And that's why we were able to have all those conversations. Okay. But where, what he's talking about is, it's, it, it can be challenging to get used to somebody always in your space <laughs> when you're married. They always in your space. And then, <laughs> me too. And then they're like, this is me. I'm, 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 ha- I'm happy in the morning too. So I'm like, good morning. How are you? How was your day so far? D- d- did you enjoy the gym? Every day I asked him. So when, within our first few weeks of marriage, he was like, every day you ask me the same question after the gym. <laughs> so I'm like, how is the gym? He's like, you asked me the same question for the good. I was like, Bobby, what else can I ask you? I don't know what else to ask you. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, we did have to get used to being around each other. Because I think even for him, he had quiet time to recharge mm-hmm. and then go out and talk to his friends. Whereas with marriage, we had to figure out what that quiet time looked like for both of us. Yeah. So you're six years in and uh, what would you say, I know you talked about jealousy is one thing and then, you know, communication is huge and then giving each other space, but what would you say was like a really big challenge? If you're comfortable sharing, I think um, what I like to do is have our guests, I mean, of course, be authentic, but your story can help someone else. So if you're comfortable in sharing, what would you say was one of the biggest hurdles you guys had to get over? Um, I mean, I don't know if we both give the same answer, but I would say um, for me, I, I'll speak, I'll try to speak a little bit personally. Uh, my personal struggle was recognizing that I'm not in, like, I'm, I don't have control over everything. and. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is there were some things that were revealed when we got married that I wasn't aware of because there's just, you know, substitute for living with, you know, spouse every day, day in and day out. And there was just some things that I really struggled with, you know, the jealousy being one of them. And it wasn't something I could just snap my finger and make go away. And, you know, she, you know, Daphne had to deal with some of those struggles, you know, on a firsthand basis. Um, it was just a lot of, um, a lot of humbling, you know, I just, mm-hmm. you know, just, I had to be in a lot of prayer because wow. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, it, it, I wanted to control it. Like, I just wanted to control certain aspects of who I was that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. I had to trust God to help me through all of those things mm-hmm. and not think that I can do it on my own. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we, we like to just figure things out on our own and not have to get help you know it's yeah. just it's not a good approach to to life or marriage for that matter yeah. Yeah. um so yeah so that was my, my personal struggles and dealing with those and, and seeing them just like so vividly you know just come out wow um, it was a big was a big thing for me yeah yeah uh, marriage is great but like you were just saying, you know, you start to see stuff in you that you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what now? Yeah. That's me, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So thank you. Thank you for, for sharing that. How about you, Daphne? So I would say kind of the opposite um, where for me, 
I was used, I was raised to be very submissive. So <laughs> if I, if you pair a very submissive person with someone who may be a tad bit controlling, um, what you get is, and I was just talking about this yesterday. Um, I was asking for permission for everything. So I was like, um, is it okay if I, you know, eat a, a snack before we go to so-and-so's house? Or hey, is it okay if we, like stuff that I didn't know sounded really bad until our pastor's wife was on a call. And I was like, hey, Bobby, is it okay if I, you know, step away for a moment? Or Bobby, is it okay? She was like, you just tell him what you're going to do. And that's it. Like, you don't have to ask for this. And she was like, right, Bobby, you don't mind. Because I think what happened was, I was kind of training him subconsciously wow. to need to ask about, because like, I don't think he was that controlling where he was like, you got to ask me permission to go get a snack. But if I went to go get a snack, he'd be like, why are you getting a snack? And we about to eat, we're about to go out and eat. And I was like, because I'm hungry and everything. But so the pastor's wife was like, you just say, I'm going to get a snack because I'm hungry. Okay. And then you just get your snack. Wow. So I had to learn how to do that balance. And then I had to learn how to, how to make it not, not me being controlling, but say, I'm going to get the snack, okay? Not, you know, so there's like a middle ground. The reason why that's so important is because having kids, Bobby and I went to a marriage group. We didn't have kids at that time. We weren't pregnant. And a lot of the people in the marriage group, and this is a Christian group, were saying that when kids came, they were um, the closest they'd ever been to divorce or their marriage was in a really bad place. Bobby and I were like, I mean, it's kids though. In the movies, when people have kids, everybody happy. Everybody good. Like, what's going on with the kids? So yeah, the baby comes out and it's not crying. Everybody's right. like <laughs> chilling. Everybody happy. Yeah. So we were trying to figure out what it was. And and I think what we discovered through asking questions and then through our own experiences, we're the logistics of managing the lives of children. It's the first time in marriage where you have to come to an agreement about how you're going to do something. You can still be somewhat independent in marriage mm -hmm. until the kids come. And then it's like, I'm tired of breastfeeding these kids. And her husband's like, no, you got to do it because it's right. And I'm like, I'm in pain. And he's like, no. <laughs> and then we like, who's going to get this child who's crying? It's 3 a.m. Right. And he's like, I'm tired. And I'm like, I'm tired too. So <laughs> you have, I had to learn. Oh my gosh. I had to figure out how to not feel like a martyr and not feel like, well, I guess I just have to do it. I guess it's just me. I'll just take the pain or push through it. I had to be like, Bobby, I need you to wake up and help me because yeah. I'm struggling right now. Yeah. And and for me, that was hard because I, I was so submissive. Right. I and it. I'm naturally very positive. So <laughs> you can't really tell when I'm super, super stressed until I'm like, Bobby, I'm about to break down right now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say to him, and his face would be like, oh, well, what? <laughs> it's that big of a deal. And I'm like, yes, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's really bad right now, okay? <laughs> so I had to learn how to communicate because I was too submissive. So, yeah, so I think that was something that I had to work through. Still being a wife who um, allows my husband to lead, but at the same time, figuring out when I could just be like, I'm going to go drop this in the mail versus, can I go drop this yeah. in the mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. So and that by the way, different. I didn't ask her to ask me those a lot of those things. Right, right. She just kind of, she just sure kind of did that. it on her own. Yeah. Right, right. I'm so glad you said that because I'm. That's definitely me all day, Daphne. Like I'm the same way. 
Okay. And even like, like you said, even breaking down and everything, I'll be smiling like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pass out any moment now. Yeah. Wow. So you guys have kids then how many? Two, one two-year-old and one five-year-old. Oh my, okay. And you're right, children changes things. <laughs> That's putting it mildly, they change the That sounded like a profound statement, Betty. <laughs> good, good. I do have a question though, um, because we're talking a lot about the growth that occurred while you were married. So what I was wondering is what was it before you got married that made you both say that's my wife that's my husband because a lot of like really important things happened after so yeah yeah that's a good question i mean there wasn't anything in particular you know I, I i did you know i wanted to one of the things that was very important you know was you know what, what will be considered a deal breaker was you know i wanted she needed to be a Christian because I'm, you know, I'm Christian. Um, so that was a non-negotiable. But for the most part, you know, I, I, I really love her, her, her spunk, you know, her, um, her energy, you know, obviously sometimes, it, you know, just like you said, when you observe this um, kind of over here side by side, you know, she seems to be more outgoing and, and all that stuff. So that was really good. And then her, you know, her glass is usually, half full, mine can be a little bit on the half empty side type of thing. So, you know, it was, there's a little bit of that opposite track kind of thing. Um, but one thing I heard from a minister years ago that stuck with me is that marriage is not what we think it is a lot of times. I think what marriage is, is um, you saying, I'm gonna commit my life to this person for the rest of my life, right? So it's not about, you know, whether or not you like the person not, because all these things can change. You know, we've both changed in certain ways, even in the six years, over the course of 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever, however many years, things happen, people get sick. There's all kinds of things that go on. Are you committed to that person for the rest of their lives, no matter what happens? You know, and it's just kind of having that attitude going into it is what really matters. Um, and I, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, the other, uh, friend of mine the other day about this, you know, and it was kind of an eye opener for him because, you know, he had, and I had it too, I had my list. Like I had a list of like, you know, she gotta be this, she gotta be that, she gotta be that. You know, we, we gotta look at some of those things as bonuses and not necessarily, you know, this is a determining factor of if I'm gonna marry this person. Um, so that's, kind of my thought with I like that some of these things are bonuses I like that right okay I like that anyway uh fantastic so we'll take a short break okay. and then we come back if you guys would be ready to give us some tips uh that we can use in our relationships uh too that will help us to propel ourselves forward so we'll be back in a moment now a delicious word let's Hey everybody, it's your girl Roxanne, and today we are making seafood gumbo. Yay! I'm excited about this because I finally got some confidence to make it after a short trip to New Orleans and sitting in a demonstration. So I'm going to let you know what I did, a little bit of a mixture of different recipes as I always do. 
And um, I hope it works out as successfully for you as it did for me. So I'm going to start by pulling together my vegetables. I'm using onion, celery, and green pepper. And so the rule of thumb I use is if you're going to use about two cups of onions, then you'll use one cup of celery and then um, a half a cup of green pepper. So it kind of cut it down that way. And it worked out well. So um, you're just using half of each thing. And so... I got started by cutting those things up, setting them aside so they're ready when we start cooking. And then I went ahead and cooked my sausage and I just cut those up in little slices, cooked them in a pan and then drained them and then set those aside as well. And then once I'm done with my sausage, then I'm gonna now focus on my roux. And so I'm basically gonna make a roux by putting together a cup of um, vegetable oil to a cup of flour. And so once you mix those two together, um, you're going to be stirring that constantly. I use about a medium heat. So you can stir it constantly um, so that it doesn't stick to the bottom of the pan so you're not burning it. And you can kind of gauge to see if it's cooking too quickly for you because, um, again, you don't want to burn it. So I kind of um, went in, in between a little bit of the medium heat and the medium low. And so you're stirring that constantly. It took me about 20 minutes to get a nice brown color because you'll notice it'll go from a light color to a... a um, It'll get darker brown as you cook it. So I did mine for about 15-20 minutes and once that's done um, then I, I add my onion, green pepper, and celery to that and mix that in and I'm now going to treat this as the um, flavor basis for my gumbo. So I'm going to add all my seasoning to this mixture. I've added my salt and pepper, I'm adding cayenne pepper, I'm adding some dried garlic, um, I'm also adding a couple of bay leaves to this mixture as well. I'm stirring that right in and letting that all cook until um, my onions are translucent. Once my onions are translucent, I now can uh, prepare to make the big pot of gumbo. So I'm going to do that by adding my seafood um, broth that I've gotten. And what I did was added half seafood broth. I mashed it with some water just to get the consistency I wanted. Um, you may not have to do that depending on how much roux and et cetera you make. And, and you also can use chicken broth as well. Um, I just prefer the seafood broth. And so once you add that and you stir it in slowly, you're mixing that all together. You bring it to a boil and then, and then turn it down to low and let that simmer for about a half an hour or so. So I let mine simmer for about 35, 40 minutes and go back. And I'm gonna now do a taste test to see if I need to add any more seasoning. Cause at this point, this is my gumbo. This is what it's gonna taste like. And I just do a little taste and see if I need to add any more salt, any more um, other seasoning. So for me, I, need, I like a little kick. So I added a little more cayenne pepper, a little more regular pepper. And then I was ready to go. And then I'm just now gonna throw in my sausage that I've um, already cooked, and I'm gonna throw in my shrimp that I had um, prepared that's already peeled. And so once you throw those in, you don't really need to cook that um, gumbo anymore because the sausage is already cooked, and then also the shrimp is gonna, you'll see it'll plump right up and cook at that temperature that the gumbo is already at. And um, you can go ahead and cut that off now. And I would just cover it up for, give it about five minutes or so um, for those things to mix together and for that shrimp to plop up. And then you're ready to serve. 
Me personally, I prefer to eat stuff like this the next day so it has a chance to sit and, you know, all those flavors have a chance to congregate <laughs> and mix it well. Um, but feel free to give it a try and let me know what you think. All right. Until next time. We are talking with Daphne and Bobby, and they have been giving us the best, best, best advice. Um, one of the things that just like stuck out to me from the last segment was um, when we asked what was the toughest uh, thing to get over for you guys, and Bobby said, well, it's probably a different answer for both of us. And I thought that was really interesting because it just highlights how you can be in the same relationship and having different experiences. And so, uh, so, um, so I want to thank you guys. I could really, literally talk to you guys all day about your relationship, but we can't. <laughs> so we're going to get to three things that you, or three pieces of advice that you would give our audience to improve their relationship, make it better, make it last, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So I will start um, with three things. So the first one is only allow people in your relationship who are team you and your significant other. Mm. That is advice that we received from a number of people. But some woman I was an undergrad, she came to me and told me that when I was dating, she said that her marriage ended in divorce because she brought too many of her family and friends wow. into the challenges that were going on in her relationship. When she had let those things go, they had held on to it and they made her relationship fall apart. Wow. So um, our pastor and his wife told us similarly, you only keep people, you only tell people things um, that you're looking for advice for if they're team both of you. And you only have a few people, could be one, two, especially when you're married, um, that you go to for advice if you have anyone at all, just one or two, mm -hmm. um, or therapists if you choose to pursue therapy. So I think that's the first thing only team you and your significant other people get to have any um, say, well, say and hearing about your relationship. Mm -hmm. The second thing um, I would say is mindset. So there are times when, you know, as a woman, you know, I have hormones and things like that, I'm pregnant. Um, there are times when I might not be having the best day. And so I might be more quieter or there might be like something just doesn't, you know, something feels a little off or something. And Bobby has to be gentle with me in that time. Like, baby, you okay? You sure? Yesterday he said, is there anything that you want to tell me? And I was like, no, I'm good. It's like, okay. So, but I have to make sure that I'm working on my mindset and my emotional health to make sure that I show up in a, in a good place for my husband and for my children. And then Bobby, you know, also has to be working on himself outside of me to make sure that he can come to me and the kids and his whole life in a good place. He does meditation and prayer, all these things in the morning to be able to do that. And there are things that I do as well. So mindset, take care of your mindset, your mind and your heart would be the second one. And the third thing would be love languages. Know your significant other's love language. So there are different love languages. I may not get them all financial gifts, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch. And if you can learn more, five love, five love languages, I think .com, I think, and take a quiz. So you may be given to your significant other in a way that they don't receive it. Maybe you, you're always giving them hugs, but they just want you to say, I, you're beautiful or you're handsome or thank you so much or I appreciate you. And getting that wrong, not 
speaking to them in a certain way or not spending time or whatever can break your marriage apart or your even dating relationship apart. So I think being aware of love languages is also something that I think um, is really important and giving to your partner in the way they want to be given to, even if you're not, you're like, I don't like hugging. I don't, I don't want to touch you, which happens in marriage. People like, can you get off me? Like, so you have to, you got to adjust if you want to make sure that you're showing that person love in the way they receive it. So love languages, um, your mindset, and people who are team you and team your significant other would be three different um, tips that I have. Good. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say, um, you know, one thing that's important is uh, I think making sure you, you try to be intentional about um, not being on an island in your marriage. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of couples, sometimes they're, they're too embarrassed or maybe they just haven't formed those relationships with other couples. Uh, you know, I was at a, when we first got married, I, you know, I was, at a, I was in a congregation that was mostly older, older couples that have been married 30, 40, you know, 50 plus years. And we endeavored to really talk with a lot of them about just all different types of things, you know, and the advice they gave was nothing like what you would find on, you know, TV or social media. It was really sound advice on maintaining strong lasting relationships. And I think a lot of what was said was, you know, it was really, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, the wife, the wife, the wife, and it's not to say anything bad about wives, but I think the husband as someone who's supposed to be leading is supposed to be leading by example. I think a lot of times failed marriages because of that, you know, the husband is kind of just, you know, not, not fulfilling his duty in leading and leading by example. Um, so anyway, um, sorry, I think I got a rabbit trail there. Um, so, you know, reaching out to other couples, even if, even if it's embarrassing, you know, you gotta, our, we're, we're, we're meant to live in community. You know, we're not meant to just be by ourselves struggling through, um, through our, through our issues. You know, obviously you want to be, you need to have people you trust. You don't want to just go blabbering anything to anyone. Um, the other thing I would say is giving your spouse the benefit of the doubt as much mm-hmm. as you can. You know, I think that, you know, it's so easy to, to jump to conclusions and, you know, think that, you know, I think I was reading a book the other day on, on marriage and it was saying, assume that you're both, you know, more or less goodwill people or trying to be goodwill people mm-hmm. seeking to love each other. Don't assume because they said something that may have hurt you that that was their plan. They just wanted to just, you know, right, stick right. it stick it in your wound or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Um, just give the benefit of that. And that's still a struggle for me. You know, I, I can, you know, jump to conclusions sometimes with certain things. Um, but I think that's important. And um, just, uh, and third, and this is probably the most important thing, is just like a lot of prayer, like a lot of dependence on God mm-hmm. and not trying to, you know, God's ways are not our ways. And we're always trying to think that things are supposed to happen a certain way, the way we see fit. You know, we see something, you know, and I know for a fact that Daphne sees things in me that need to change that I don't see. Maybe she she's not comfortable bringing it to my attention. And I would say the same thing myself with her, you know, it could be the same type of situation. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, that's where prayer comes in. You know, we, we wrestle with God. 
we pray for our spouse so that but we see those the fruit of those changes happening so that um you know they grow we we don't have to nag them or beat them up about their issues um necessarily you know obviously if there's you know immediate things that's really bad that's one thing but um you know marriage is a slow work you know it's just, you know i i heard uh, somebody say that um heard a few people say this you get in a gr good groove after 10 years about 10 years of marriage um, if you're moving in the right direction and i you know in my mind i'm like come on 10 years you know after like six months you know it should be everything should be great <laughs> and that's just you know. so but yeah it's a slow work and i see i see it you know when I, anytime i take time to just stop and reflect on you know and daphne very good at helping me do this look at the progress of the changes in my life as a person i see that slow work happen over the course of you know the years we've been married um, and you don't even you don't even notice it a lot of times yeah yeah um, yeah yeah that is fantastic good thank you both of you guys for your uh openness and um marriage is hard but it's also great you know there are it, like i think what you're saying if you could just stick it out you know um in the hard times, because your whole life is not going to be hard, hard, hard. I mean, you're going to have good times. You're going to have hard times. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, I think you guys have, have built on a really good foundation. I work with some ladies who were from India, actually India, <laughs> and uh, Indians. And uh, they would always say that, you Americans, y'all give up too quick. You go mm -hmm. through a bump in your marriage and then you throw it away. And those ladies taught me that you know, you, you go through the difficult times and you get through them, you know, and then you, it's good on the other side, but um, uh, people don't oftentimes stick it out. So I'm glad that you guys are, uh, even in the tough times and through all the children and all that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can attest, it's 32 years for us and uh, we've had some tough times. We, we've had some bumpy roads. Uh, COVID was a bumpy road <laughs> going through all of that. But uh, yeah, if you can hang in there, you know, and, and I think one of the things you said too, Bobby, praying is huge, you know, just praying and asking God to give you wisdom, clarity of thought, you know, uh, grace, mercy for each other, you know, then you can yes, just do so absolutely. really good. So, yeah. uh, well, that was uh, fantastic. Can you tell us uh, where we can keep up with you. What are your socials, your handles, and all that? Uh, well, so I I'm a, a business owner. I am a co-speaker and trainer with Daphne Valson Coaching. So some of my handles, I say that because some of my handles are business oriented. But on Facebook, um, I am Facebook.com/slash Daphne Valson Coaching. Uh, on Instagram, Daphne Valson is my handle, and. LinkedIn, you can find me with my name, Daphne Valson, as well. And we'll put all that in the show notes. How about you, Bobby? Bobby? Yeah, um, that's all right. I've been called Booby, Barbie, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty much Bobby Valson on everything Facebook, Instagram, okay. um, LinkedIn. Um, I have a website for my business, Fast Home Buyers Direct. I help distressed homeowners sell their homes quickly um, in, in uh, mostly Palm Beach County, but some other areas too in Florida. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Nice, nice. And I just want to do a quick plug um, because I did um, do coaching with uh, Daphne 
And I just wanted to say as a quick review, it's wonderful. If anybody's thinking about it, <laughs> let me just do my quick plug. I just want to let everybody know because you probably wouldn't know if I didn't say this. I did actually go to Daphne for coaching. And I uh, just want to let everybody know that it's wonderful. So please, please do um, feel free to reach out to her because it is a great experience and um, very encouraging, very enlightening. And it, it's, I don't know, I don't know how to say it, but that spark is a real thing that Bobby mentioned. So it kind of lights a little fire under you to, to get things going. So just wanted to put that out there as a real person doing a real review. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> Roxy, you want to tell people where they can find us? Oh, yes, for us. Okay, cool. So <laughs> follow us too. So we are, so if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already. Also click the bell if you want to be notified when we have new videos coming up, wherever the bell is and subscription button is. I'm just going to point in all directions because I don't <laughs> And then if you also want to follow us on Facebook and on Instagram, we're at Chat and Chew Show know the just at chat and chew show and um, other than that just comment like subscribe and let us know if you have topics you want us to talk about all right thank you thank you bye this episode is brought to you by the chat and chew company host betty jones co-host roxanne brew producer vanessa outland and music by elwood jones Thank you.